Welcome into the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you on Friday, February 18th. We have the best of the week on Jaguars.com and Jags broadcasting, including Jags head coach Doug Peterson, offensive coordinator Press Taylor, and defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell meeting the media Friday. Renew now, roar later. The time is now to renew your 2022 Jaguars season tickets. Season ticket members who renew by March 4th will also be entered to win one of 54 scratch packs. They contain prizes ranging from signed merchandise, exclusive access to events at the bank, and even a trip to the NFL draft in Las Vegas here in 2022. Let's begin this week back on Tuesday morning. It was the return of Jags Drive Time on Jaguars.com. Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, and John Ozier caught up with Jaguars linebacker Shaquille Quarterman. Speaking of offseason, we're going down to Miami. Jaguars linebacker Shaquille Quarterman is there training, I believe. Shaquille, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, so tell us how the offseason is going. How is training going? It's going great. It's, it's honestly going great, you know, getting a chance to come back a little bit earlier than most, you know, it definitely gives you the time to do a lot of things your way get a head start. Shaq, you're a Jacksonville guy, right? I mean, you you follow this team. You understand the personalities. Tell us your thoughts on the big weekend. Uh, you know, Tony Baselli's a guy, obviously, you know. I'm assuming you probably know Leroy Butler as well. Talk about the Hall of Fame right. in your hometown. I think it's, man, it's just really amazing to see, you know. Um, I just want to give a huge thank you, shout out to to, to both those guys, man, because what they did for the city is just something that you can't, it's hard to put into words, you know. But for those guys to do that, man, it's giving every resident in Jacksonville, Florida, the right to really, you know, just go even harder for our team. You know, I could talk a lot of talk about my my guy, Tony Baselli, man. It's just really, really an honor, dog, you know, and we have so much love for the team and for the city that, you know, th- these are things that should have been came to pass. So just finally see it, you know, it really grows on you know, it makes your heart warm, seriously. Shaquille, I know you had a chance to meet uh, Doug Peterson when he was in town or uh, when you were here for his introductory press conference. Impressions and thoughts moving forward with Coach Peterson? Um, getting a chance to meet him, I actually got the chance to meet him right before I hopped on the road to go down the train, and that was, that was really the icing on the cake for me. You know, I think he's a really poised guy. You know, that's the first impression I got from him. And the secondly is that he's really embracing the Jaguar culture, the Jaguar lifestyle. You know, he's really ready to work. He's very hungry. And just seeing that in his eyes, man, that's the type of coach that is it's not hard to play for at all. So seeing that from him and him getting to work so fast and at the ferocity that he's doing it, you know, it made me get on the road I 95 and go get my work in, you know. <laughs> Along those lines, Shaq, you were on the field a lot over the second half of the season. You took a big step forward from your first year to your second year. Talk about this scheme, this 3-4 scheme that you played in. We've heard that perhaps if Mike Caldwell is the defensive coordinator, that we're going to see more of that. How do you see yourself and your career progressing here as you go to year three? Honestly, I just continue to do what I know how to do, man, and get better at the things that I'm not, you know, where I want to be at. And that by itself will give me the opportunity to continue to you know, push up for it and propel myself to be a greater linebacker, you know, in this defense, you know, the the schemes may change, you know, but the players are are the players and I take great pride in that. So just being available and ready to learn and and play the game in which I know how to play the game, I'm just very excited, you know, for the opportunity to play, you know, underneath the staff and have the stability to really, you know, find my home in any 
defensive scheme that we play, you know, but I, I have great, great dreams about what's on the cusp for us as a defense. Jags Drive Time airs Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock on Jaguars.com and the Jags social media channels. In a moment, the Jags coaching staff announced and reaction from Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman. This is the Jaguars broadcast week in review. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Jaguars announced the coaching staff for 2022 Thursday afternoon, and later that day on Jaguars Happy Hour, Jeff Lagerman and I took an early look at the names joining the Jags. Let's start on the offensive staff, and it starts with offensive coordinator Press Taylor. He was with uh, uh, Doug Peterson up in Philadelphia in some uh, lower-level coaching roles there. Uh, but now he's the offensive coordinator. Jim Bob Cooter is the passing game coordinator. Mike McCoy, the former Chargers head coach, is the quarterback's coach. Uh, Phil Rosher is the offensive line coach. Wide receiver coach Chris Jackson. Tight end coach Richard Angulo. Uh, running back coach is Bernie Parmalee, returns from last season. Andrew Briner is the assistant quarterback's coach. Uh, Will Harriger is the offensive assistant. Assistant O-line coach Todd Washington returns. And Nick Williams, the offensive quality control coach. So, yeah, And just to lead that list up just for a second, because yeah. a couple comments here. Uh, Press Taylor is the brother of Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter had uh, a lot of respect in Detroit. He, uh, he was a, a coordinator there with the Detroit Lions, I think, for a period of time. Uh, Mike McCoy, former head coach of the San Diego Chargers, That's right. who uh, was considered a, a brilliant offensive mind, which is one of the reasons why he got the job in San Diego. So I think that's a real strong hire to add an experienced offensive mind there. Richard Angulo played for the Jaguars ah. as a tight end. Uh, Bernie Parmalee was uh, the much-discussed positional coach from this past year under Urban Meyer's staff, and he was retained, which is I think is great because Bernie Parmalee is a great guy, and he was treated like garbage by the previous administration, in my opinion, just throwing that out there. And then Todd Washington has been here before as well, if it's the same Todd Washington that I'm thinking about, and he comes back, and and Todd's a a super guy. So a very strong offensive staff. A lot of offensive-minded head coaches can sometimes shy away from having strong names or strong personalities or people that have a lot of experience doing what he's done. So, but I like when you've got a guy like Jim Bob Cooter mm-hmm. and Mike McCoy with Press Taylor and with, of course, the head coach, their offensive experience. All of that experience, I think, is nothing but a good thing for Trevor Lawrence in this offense. Yeah, think about the quarterbacks those guys have been around. Taylor up in Philadelphia, of course, most notably. Jim Bob Cooter with Matt Stafford in, in uh, Detroit. <clears throat> Excuse me, it was Peyton Manning as well. Had some time uh, in Denver with him. Mike McCoy, of course, with Phillip Rivers. I mean, so these guys have, have seen it at a very high level before. They know what it's supposed to look and feel like, and that hopefully can transfer over to Trevor. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's a real strong offensive staff. I mean, you're, you've got some guys that uh, have been the mountaintop, so to speak. I, I think also with Press Taylor, he probably at some point, if this offense goes as you know you hope it goes, he could become the next hot offensive candidate, which that seems to be where these hot candidates are now coming from is the offensive side of the ball. You know what? That, that would be good news for the Jags. That means things are going very well on offense. Exactly. The coaches right. are getting uh, offers and opportunities elsewhere. Let's go to the defense now. And Mike Caldwell leads the way as the defensive coordinator. 
Coming up from Tampa, it's his first coordinator role. He's been an assistant for a long time in the league. Bob Sutton returns as the senior defensive assistant. Brinson Buckner is the defensive line coach. Bill Shuey, outside linebackers. Tony Gilbert gets the inside linebackers. He returns. Cody Grimm is the safeties coach. Secondary and cornerback coach is Deshae Townsend. He had a long playing career, most notably in Pittsburgh, and he went to Alabama Logs. Assistant D-line coach is Roy Segrist. And defensive quality control is Patrick Riley. But Caldwell gets his first coordinator role. Well, and, and again, leave this list up of uh, Caldwell, uh, excellent player, uh, very respected, uh, had an uh, assistant head coach position, I think, with the Jets, mm-hmm. which shows you the level of respect that he has around the league for, for a head coach to name him in that position. Uh, that's outstanding. Uh, Bob Sutton, who was on the staff last year, is an absolute wealth of knowledge. He's been there. He's done that. He's been in the game for, what, 40 years? Uh, he's a right. guy that you can, when you've got a first-time defensive coordinator, that's the kind of guy that you'd like to keep on staff for a Mike Caldwell. Uh, Brenston Buckner, of course, was a really good football player, D-line coach. I like players that have played the position, coaching the positions that they played. Uh, Tony Gilbert, I think, has done a, a very good job. He's retained. Uh, Cody Grimm, I believe, is the son of Russ Grimm, Hall of Fame, former member of the Redskins offensive line in the Hogs. Uh, Deshae Townsend, who uh, has been a great former player in, and it's not Redskins anymore, it's the Washington football team, but when he played, it was the Redskins, okay? So for all you sensitive people out there, uh, (laughs) sorry, just suck it up. Uh, Deshae Townsend. Uh, who has been a great football player for many years, and uh, and I think it's a great hire there because he's been around the block, so to speak, as well. So I think I, I really like the combination on the defensive staff, and I'm glad they got experience to be with a first-time coordinator. And just hearing from Doug Peterson at his press conference this past week, you know, hey, defense are kind of on their own because Peterson's going to be calling the plays on offense. Yes, he'll have – an oversight thing on defense, but it's Mike Caldwell's show over there on defense. And I'm curious tomorrow to see exactly what he puts out there of what they want to be on defense. Uh, and that's, uh, I think that's the one, the one, if, if you're looking at history about wh- where you look at where he's been. Okay. And most recently he's been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They don't do a whole lot of exotic type of things. They rely on a four man rush. So the, the real secret there is that, If he's a coach, and I think that you have to be in today's day and age in the National Football League, you have to be able to adapt to your personnel because there's no Vita Veas on defense right now. (laughs) That's right. Okay, there's uh, uh, no guy by the name of Sue, and there's not a guy on the outside that might be missing a finger, but he's one of the best pass rushers that there is. Okay, so my point being and that you've got to be willing to be able to morph into what that defense needs. And, and I hope that Mike Caldwell is that. The, the inexperience, we don't know for sure if he is that. But I think with Bob Sutton there to help him and Mike Caldwell having a lot of experience around the National Football League, at some point you got to let a strong candidate, a guy that has a lot of respect around the league, finally drive the ship. And so, so I'm happy for him. Happy for him. A couple of special teams coaches named as well, and special teams coordinator is Heath Farwell. He was a, a 10 seasons he played in the NFL – 
and was a special teams captain throughout his time with the Seahawks. Luke Thompson, the special teams assistant, Farwell, 40 years of age. Uh, he was a coordinator for the Bills uh, the last three seasons in special teams, an assistant with the Seahawks in 16 and 17, the Panthers in 18, and uh, now getting a second go-around as a coordinator in the NFL. Yeah, so a great opportunity for him. And I think special teams coordinators are are very unique in that they have to be able to draw upon some experience. And and one of my favorite coordinators in the league is Brent Boyer, who was you talk a, about him often. Yes, uh, he was a special teams player here in Jacksonville and a really good special teams player. And he's been one of the better special teams coaches in the National Football League. And uh, he's uh, currently working with Robert Sala with the New York Jets, and he was retained from the previous staff up there in New York because he's a he's a player that's been there and done that. And so with Farwell having been there and done that, I like that. Jaguars Happy Hour airs at 4 o'clock Thursdays on 1010XL AM Radio in Jacksonville and Jaguars.com. When we return, head coach Doug Peterson, offensive coordinator Press Taylor, and defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell meet the media. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And the Daily's play schedule is heating up for the spring and summer. Some highlights so far. Tim McGraw, May 5th. Erica Badu with Ja Rule and Goody Mob, May 6th. The Lumineers, May 18th. Two nights of the full Dave Matthews Band, June 6th and 7th. That's just to name a few. The full schedule available at dailiesplace.com. After Thursday's coaching staff announcement, the new coordinators met the media Friday morning. Defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell enters his first defensive coordinator role in the NFL after a long career as an NFL assistant, following a long career as an NFL linebacker. He spoke with the local media in the team meeting room at TIAA Bank Field Friday morning. Mike, uh, given uh, your past and, and what you just came from in Tampa uh, with the, the linebacker play, how, how excited should Miles Jack be? You're on the staff, and how excited are you about Miles Jack? I'm excited. I spoke with him yesterday, and the thing, it was on the phone, so just I could see it through the phone. That sounds kind of funny. I could see it through the phone that he's eager and ready to go. He used to be like, Coach, can I come over? I was like, you know, I'm doing a little bit today. You know, take your time. If you want to swing by tomorrow, I'm fine. But he was ready to go. And you could see the passion in the voice. And one thing he said, he like, I want to win. And that's what we're about here. I know Doug said it. I'm about it. We're trying to get guys in the best position so we can go out there and win games. How did how working with, you know, Jim Johnson, Todd Bowles, how did that kind of shape <coughs> how you see football? Just uh, just a philosophy. If you're attacking on defense, you're going to make that offense adjust to what you're doing. And if you affect them the right way, show a look this way and come from somewhere else, if you affect them the right way, now it disrupts their timing and advantage defense. Do you feel like just seeing firsthand, you know, Todd Bowles coordinating defenses for, for as long as he has, do you feel like you've been able to really see a lot of the insight that's it's required to, you know, be a defense coordinator? That's the thing, sitting in that, I think we were together 10 years, sitting in the meeting rooms together 10 years and understanding 
when you're watching film, what you're looking for, breaking it down, understanding, developing a game plan to attack the offense, that you're sitting there for 10 years, something's going to bound to rub off. How long will it take you to figure out what's here? I mean, and how much can you get done from the tape, and how much will you need minicamp and OTAs to really hone in on how you're going to play defense with these guys? Now that's going to be important. When you look at it on tape, their technique last year was going to be different than what we played, what we play here. So now you have to teach them your technique, get them out on the field and see, do I need to tweak my technique? Do I need to tweak this to benefit the player? Or can they do that technique? Then we can go on to something else. So mini camps, OTAs, they're going to be important because one, the teaching aspect of it, and then finding out what players do well and let them go out there and do it. What kind of coaches, uh, Cody Grimm, obviously, is coming with you, uh, coming with you from Tampa uh, to coach safeties? Cody's a coach that, when you're in that quality control role, if guys from other positions go to you to get an answer, and as a, when I was a linebacker coach down there, I saw that. When guys do that, that's someone that they know has knowledge, understands the game, and can relay the message. And that's what Cody does. You know, he played in the league. He understands that, you know, if we draw it up on a board and we call it this, that player, you look in that player's eyes and doesn't click, then we have to get it to him another way, and he's able to do that. You sort of mentioned it. Um, the staff is comprised of a lot of former NFL players. How do you think that helps you guys, you know, sort of relate to the guys on the field and, and coach the team? I, I think it helps, but also once you're a former player, you can't say, I did it this way, I did it this way. You got to be able to understand the limitations of that player, whether it's learning or physical, and go out there and help them become the best player they can be. Now, sitting in that meeting room, understanding that, I remember when the coach told me this, uh, that it makes sense, and have, understanding being able to see in their eyes that they got it, and then once you see that, then be able to move on. But if they don't get it, then you have to come back around and get it to them. Now to offensive coordinator Press Taylor. He just turned 34 years old in January, and it's his first offensive coordinator role in the NFL. He and Doug Peterson will have the final say in what the offense looks like. Uh, around here in the last year or so, the buzzword for lack of speed has been a thing on the offensive side. How much do you notice that? And how much really does this team just overall need more playmakers on that side of the ball to help Trevor? Yeah, you know, the, the more we can surround him with talented people, the better we feel like our chances will be. Um, but at the same time, we're, we're going to work with whatever we have. And we're going to identify the strengths and weaknesses of those players, put them in position to do what they do well uh, within the scheme of what we'd like to do. So it's kind of all-encompassing. Obviously, we want everybody to be big, tall, strong, fast, can run by everybody, can catch everything. That's the ideal. But until you get everybody that looks like that or plays like that, um, if we could have five Calvin Johnsons out on the field, that'd be, that'd be great. We'll take that. But until then, it's about building, maximizing the strengths and weaknesses of the people we have. And so. We'll do our best to try to utilize that or, or build around that. Do you think there are a lot of different styles of, of players that can fit in what you guys are trying to do? I do think so. I think there's a lot of different roles. Um, a lot. Of, it's kind of like building a basketball team almost, where everybody contributes in a different way. There's your rebounder. There's your three-point shooter. There's your ball handler. Um, so you, you can you can make all these different styles kind of fit together in some way, shape, or form. And, and again, that's the art of coaching. And as we build this thing, that's what we're going to be conscious of. Press, um, your brother this week said something that I thought really related uh, to Jacksonville. He, he admitted he made the mistake leaving P. Ryan in on third down and fourth down. 
this team just went through complete total lack of accountability when mistakes were made from the top down. So how similar are you to your brother in that? And, and how do you see that room when things don't go as planned? Yeah, I, I think the, the number one thing you ask for, for some is accountability of, you know, I have, I have no problem if I make a mistake of standing up here and admitting it. I think part of that is a little bit of self-awareness, a little bit of, you know, maybe even just confidence in yourself where, uh, but, but at the same time, that's what I would expect of players. If you make a mistake, stand up, say you made a mistake. We evaluate from it. We evolve. We adapt. And that, that's something just the specific example you gave him of my brother. I feel like that's something he's done really well as a coach. He stands up. He takes accountability. He evaluates you know, what happened that led to that moment that maybe he's standing up for. He evolves as he goes, but you're, you're adapting. And when you evaluate, evolve, you can't go to extremes either, you know, specifically just going on the Bengals. And obviously, I kept a close eye on them. They lost at San Francisco. He got up in front of the media and said, you know, a guy, somebody asked him, do you wish Joe Burrow had thrown it on third and fourth down? He said, yeah, probably. Next week, they got in the same situation. Joe Burrow threw it on third or fourth down. They won the game. The next week, they had a similar situation. He chose to run the ball. It worked. It was successful. But... To me, that's where he didn't go extreme and said, this situation happened. I said I'd throw the ball. That's all I'm ever going to do the rest of my career. It's still making the best decision at that time that's best for your team. And so I think that's important. And I think ownership goes a long way from players, coaches, the relationship across everybody. If you make a mistake, stand up, say you, say you made a mistake, learn from it, and show that you're going to be better the next time through. So I think, that, I think that's important. That's speaks volumes to your team and from your players to your coaching staff as well. When we return, the comments of head coach Doug Peterson. This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. Let's wrap the week with the comments of Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. He met the media Friday morning after the announcement of the Jags coaching staff. Mike McCoy's a quarterback coach. He's going to coach the quarterbacks. Um... He'll also be involved with with game planning. That's one of the things I like to do, and the you know the, the places I've been is where we we like to interject everybody and their ideas. But Mike will coach the quarterbacks. Um, Jim Bob is you know as a pass game coordinator can can assist the coordinator. He's he can assist. It's just a it's another way of looking at it without coaching a position, right? It's another way of breaking down defenses, help help press wherever he needs help. He can. You know, he can assist in the tight end room or the receiver room or wherever it might be, um, and then also help us with game planning. Everything will run through Press Taylor. He is the offensive coordinator. You know, between he and I, we'll make the final decisions on everything that we do offensively. Every coach you, you on your staff has NFL experience. How important was that? How much was that a factor in, in, in the hiring guy? I mean, what's important? important? I, I, think, I think it's important. I don't think it's the – it's got to be – the end-all, be-all type thing that they have NFL experience. However, you know, I'm coming into an opportunity as, as, a, as a, you know, a new head coach again, even though I've been a head coach. And, and, and yet, you know, I want to make sure that there are guys that um, have great experience, great teaching, great knowledge, not only of the game of football, but what we're going to teach, you know, offensively with, with schematics. And um, I, I looked into the, the college, you know, world to, to – to bring guys up. I've, I've had guys in, in Philadelphia where, you know, they came from college. So um, you're always wanting to hire the best guys. And, and um, you know, some of these guys have actual NFL experience playing. And, and I think that's important as well. How much, 
How much do you feel like the role of the passing game coordinator, you know, on top of a quarterback coach, on top of an offensive coordinator, uh, is that in, in your mind something that's becoming more necessary uh, in, in the game today, or did you just feel for this particular situation it was the right thing to do? You know, it's it's always the interesting question, right? Why the why a, a pass game coordinator or a run game coordinator on defense? Why a, why a passing game coordinator on offense? I, I just think too. There's a lot of, with the technology and the data and the availability of information that's out there, um, it's another, again, another set of eyes to help us when we put game plans together and helps us break down all the data, all the information that we're getting from, you know, Exos or PFF or whatever it might be on our players, on our opponents, you know, some of it's analytical, obviously. Um, and, and having those guys in place too, um, because as a head coach, you got a lot of responsibilities doing other things, right? You're you're diving into the defense, you're diving into special teams, you're you know you're in a meeting over here. I'm talking with Trent or whatever it might be, and and so having that extra guy, offense, defense, uh, really benefits benefits the coordinator, um, but it can really help me as well. The full press conferences and shows from the week available on Jaguars.com. We are inside two weeks from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Then the franchise tag deadline is March 8th. The league year begins March 16th. The offseason never stops. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.